to 321 I Relaunch, the podcast where we discuss strategies, advice, and success stories about returning to work after a career break. I'm Carol Fishman Cohen, CEO and co founder of I Relaunch, and your host. Today, we welcome Samantha Kranyuk. Sam wrote to us to let us know our I Relaunch Return to Work conference and Back on the Career Track book were, quote, instrumental in helping me rediscover myself as a newly divorced woman who had given up a wonderful financial business to stay home. I walked away with a polished resume, a story to share with potential employers regarding my work gap, and more confidence after being MIA from the workplace for a few years. A single parent, Sam was seeking opportunities in a company close to home in order to provide stability and consistency for her family. Sam told us her inspiring story about first going into real estate and later making her real estate work supplemental to her job at Widener University as a non-tenure track professor, which is full-time with benefits. And we're going to hear more about that. Sam, welcome to 321i Relaunch. Thank you, Carol. I'm so happy to be here. Well, we, we're very happy to be talking to you about a whole range of topics, and I want to know if you can start by first telling us, what did your career look like before your career break? It was very full. <laughs> I was a very, very busy, uh, was, you know, relatively young professional. I had started in public accounting right out of college and then went into uh, corporate America um, in in accounting as well. I did some internal auditing work for the company. Um, and then I moved into supply chain finance and went back and got my master's degree and um, made a, a little bit of a transition after my master's uh, into financial advising. I obtained security licenses, my insurance licenses, and then uh, had a very thriving practice. I, it was growing. Um, I was quite busy with that uh, career for a few years, um, which then got me involved in uh, community activities um, where I would be networking and I served on various boards. Um, so I did that for, for quite some time. And um, yeah, so I, I was very busy. I was probably out networking and, uh, you know, working with clients, you know, six to seven days a week. And uh, it was just very fulfilling. I'm definitely someone who in, enjoys a good challenge and career activities are things that provide a lot of satisfaction for someone like me. So with all of that going on, what led to your career break and how long were you on career break? It was a it was a tough decision to make. It was really not something I had planned to do, Carol. I really thought that I would be able to balance it all. But when I did take the career break, I was serving on various boards. I had become a uh, a president of a local Rotary chapter, and then subsequent to that, uh, right before I left the workforce, I was an assistant governor um, for Rotary. So you know, I mentored clubs in the in the local community and was kind of like the communication person for the district. And and so as I was thinking about how I was going to balance it all with a husband at the time who also had a very busy career, we, we just looked at each other and said, you know, how who's going to pick up the baby from daycare at six o'clock? So for, for us, it was more about, you know, how are we going to be really good parents 
and being able to be there for our kids, or at the time, just the one, I should say, you know, how can we be there for our child and still be able to to manage everything? Mm-hmm. And that was really tough. So, you know, for me to walk away from everything I had been doing, that was that was not an easy decision for me or for my husband at the time. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, as a relauncher myself, I understand that directly. I I remember wrestling with these same issues in my own case. So you're on career break. Actually, how many years were you on career break? I was on break for, for four years. And then you told us when we had spoken earlier that you, quote, unexpectedly ended up in real estate. And that was the beginning of your relaunch. How did that happen? Like, what was the unexpected part? Absolutely. So when we had first uh, talked, I mentioned that my relaunch was really due to a divorce situation. I probably would have stayed home uh, a few more years, you know, had my personal circumstances not changed. And so what I did was I was trying to figure out you know, what I was going to do, you know, with my career and how I was going to kind of make a comeback, if you will, which is is really you know, why your conference was so instrumental. Um, And you mentioned that in the intro, where I gained a lot of valuable information from your conference. And so as I was, you know, thinking about everything I learned from the conference, and I was making connections, I reached out to a, a very dear friend of mine who has been in real estate for many years, at that point, probably 25 years or more. And she is someone that I trust and, you know, I value her opinion. And so as we were talking about, you know, possible career paths and she being a parent herself mentioned that real estate is is a very good career choice for someone who wants to kind of balance everything, career and a family. And so being a single parent, that's really primarily why that was so attractive to me. Now, what I did do when I got back from your conference was I did interview with a lot of companies and firms in the Philadelphia area. And and for me, I just felt like I was just distance wise too far away from my children, you know, should they need me? Because at that point I had two two sons that I had to yeah. take care of. And and so anyway, so talking to, you know, my my dear friend, she's the one who got me into real estate. And so I did that for about five years um, while I balanced, you know, job and family. You know, that commute question is so important and commute becomes a big part of the equation uh, when people are making decisions about relaunching. So I understand how you, as enticing some some of these uh, corporate opportunities might have been, sometimes the commute is just too long. And also, I hear what you're saying about the real estate option giving you a certain amount of control uh, over, even though I'm guessing it ended up being a lot of hours, you had some control over when those hours were spent. So can you give us a little bit of background about how long you were in the real estate business? How did it work out for you? How did you even learn the business in the first place? And were you feeling like you got better at it quickly or was it a long process? Oh, a lot of great questions. Yeah, I would say that, you know, with anything that's new, it, you know, you have to take training and you have to educate yourself. And so this was a very, very different world for me in real estate, very foreign to me compared to where I had been in the past and things I had done in the past. And so it did take probably a good two years to to really uh, kind of 
feel very solid and feel very successful in that. And then it just really took off from there. And I did it for full time uh, for about five years or so. Um, and, you know, I was rocking and rolling, uh, you know, after a while. And I really enjoyed it. I love uh, working with clients. I'm very service oriented by nature. And so it was something that, you know, I had a lot of fulfillment with when it, you know, when it came to working with clients. And did you learn the business from like shadowing other real estate agents or I know you have to get a real estate license, but mm-hmm. how do you actually learn all the parts of the process uh, completely apart from, I guess, knowing your market and you, mm-hmm. the actual properties that you're showing? Yeah, I, you do have to get a, a license. So what I did was I, you know, I, I took a classes that were required and uh, there were two uh, licensing exams that I had to pass in order to get the license. Uh, and then my firm at the time did provide some shadowing opportunities and some training classes and especially systems and, and contracts. Contracts are very big because real yeah. estate's a, you know, highly litigious industry. And so mm-hmm. you have to be very, very mindful of of, you know, what you're putting on paper, because it could come back to bite you if you don't do it the right way. And so I just took all the available training that I could. I asked a lot of questions. But the reality is, Carol, as with anything, you just learn on the job. And then if you make mistakes, you learn from them. And, you know, the more experience you have, the more polished you become and the better you become at the job. But the thing with real estate, I will say too, is that no deal is ever the same. So you feel like you're just constantly learning something new because every deal is is different than the last. Mm-hmm. And that's just a, it's just the way it is. It's the nature of the business. So can you talk to us? I, I know that teaching at, at the university level became part of what you were doing and and now is the dominant part. Mm-hmm. But when you first started doing it, how did that happen at the beginning? And did you make a conscious decision that you were going to try to do both? Or how were you thinking about that when the, I, I guess I'll say the opportunity and, and you can talk to us about it, came up in terms of starting the teaching career? Yeah, it, you know, opportunities are interesting, right? Because sometimes you're looking for them and then you fall into something. And in this case, I wasn't looking for it and it just kind of happened. And it was, um, you know, my mistake in how it happened. So I was, um, you know, having a conversation via Facebook uh, messaging with someone who was a former professor of mine who is now actually now a colleague at this university, at Widener University, where I currently teach. And we were just going back and forth. And somehow, I have no idea how, I just somehow thought that she was asking me if I would have some interest in teaching. And I, there was teaching had been mentioned in there, but it, she wasn't asking me that question. And I assumed it was because she knew that I had some teaching experience at the university level, but that was some years ago. And she said, well, I didn't really ask you that, but you know, that's good to know. And you know, what's really interesting about opportunities is that not even five weeks later, do I get a call from another one of my colleagues currently mentioning that a uh, a faculty member had to go out on uh, emergency medical leave and would I be interested in filling in for the rest of the semester, which was mid-September. And yeah, and that was on a Friday afternoon. I remember it. I I was in the real estate office going crazy, phone calls. It was wild. 
And I said, okay, um, I had, okay. I, I, yeah, I really didn't, I didn't know what to say. And I said, well, when do you need me? Uh, Monday. <laughs> I'm thinking, <laughs> right. I have okay. a lot to organize before I show up on Monday, but I, I was very excited. And um, I'll tell you by that next week on Wednesday, I was in the classroom and that's how it happened. It was just a, a freak thing. And it was a misunderstanding on my part that turned into an opportunity. That's why I said opportunity almost in quotes when I yeah. asked you the question. Um, and uh, l- let me now just get into the details here. So you find out on a Friday, yeah. they want you to start teaching the following week. Yeah. Can you tell us what was the course? How did you know how to teach? I mean, were you, were you simply, oh, not simply, were you handed the teaching notes and all the materials from the professor and you taught that other professor's course as best you could? Or how did that work? Well, luckily, I, I I did teach this course before at at St. Joseph's University in Philadelphia. But um, when I taught there some years ago, this is the exact same course I taught. Um, but I hadn't taught it in you know using the materials at my current university. And so I went in there um, that that following week um, on I believe it was Monday. I went in on that Monday. And um, was given the the binder, the materials, and just some guidance on you know where the students were at that point because they were in school at that point for about four weeks, and so I just had to go in to the classroom, introduce myself, and and I wouldn't say learn as I go, but you know I didn't know the students at that point; they didn't know me, and they weren't expecting me. So a big challenge was really not the material because it was introductory accounting, right? So it's it wasn't tough for me, not tough accounting. It was the introductory level. You know, I had done that for many years. I taught it before, but it was about connecting with the students and getting them to connect with me because they just weren't expecting that big change at that time. Right. Right. And how did this progress? So you, you taught this course and then did you continue to teach a course a semester or how did it evolve from there? Yeah. So then, so that was in the fall of 2016. And I just figured I would be finished after that first semester. And then I was asked if I would like to teach um, again that following semester. So I taught another course. And then the the fall of 2017, um, I, I can't quite remember which semester it was, but I believe that was the semester I taught two courses. I then taught another level of accounting. And then the following semester, I taught one or two courses. But, you know, it, it it started to become a routine where, you know, I would go back each semester, you know, just kind of as needed, you know, if you need me, I'm here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I really enjoyed it. I, I began to really connect with the students. I really enjoy being with students. And so I just kept doing that up until last year when a full-time opportunity opened up. And then there were some changes as a result of that. Okay. I mean, so, so this is, this is so interesting to me because you're getting into this new routine. What is happening in the meantime with the real estate side of what you're doing? <laughs> well, that's still going, but I'm going crazy in my head, as you can imagine, right? Yeah. So, so I'm trying to, you know, juggle a lot of balls at the same time. And, and so while I was teaching one to two classes, I, I could easily do the real estate. That was not an issue. I mean, again, I was still working, you know, seven, seven days a week for the most part. And real estate is something that goes 24 seven because contracts mm-hmm. expire at midnight. So, you know, it's 1159 PM and I'm trying to close a deal or negotiate mm. something, you know, 
now. So mm-hmm. it's all the time. And so I have to tell you, I, I really didn't get a lot of sleep while I was trying to do both. But the real estate was still there while I, while you know, I was doing this part-time, but then once I transitioned into full-time, I then had to make a different decision. Otherwise, you know, I, I wouldn't be able to continue at that at that pace. And can you talk about what was going on at home during this time? Like how were your kids old enough at that point that they were more independent and what were the conversations with them? Yeah, they, um, you know, it's funny, I, I, I'd like to go back a little bit, because when I did go back into the workforce, my oldest was only uh, four at the time. But when I told him that I was going to work, and this is when I was going to go into real estate, mm-hmm. he said, mommies don't work because <laughs> he was so used to me being home. Mm-hmm. Well, I fixed that little red wagon because he, he learned very quickly that, you know, I, I do work a lot. And so, and so, you know, the question you just, you just asked is, is really an interesting one because they have seen and they continue to see the amount of, of time and effort it takes uh, to be a working professional. And, you know, they understand that. And so um, I have been very fortunate I don't have a nanny. She's not on call, but I have someone who is pretty much there anytime I need her. Since 2013, I can only recall one time that she's never been available with my crazy schedule to be able to help out. Wow. Yeah. And so that's how I, that's how I've managed it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Um, And so when you changed from the real estate schedule and and then real estate plus the adjunct teaching, and then moving to this full-time role at the university. Was that sort of happening in parallel with kids, you know, progressing on their own, whatever they were doing at home and getting older? And was that sort of, did that, was there something intentional about that timing or it just kind of worked out that way? 100% 100% intentional. Um, it, it's almost like it was meant to happen at the right time because, you know, what I realized that, you know, as my children were getting older and they were becoming more independent and getting involved in activities that bring them joy and happiness, you know, I can't force my life on them and not allow them to develop and explore things that they would like to do. And, and so, where things started to become a little bit more challenging with real estate was, you know, I I couldn't go to soccer games on the weekends or other, you know, birthday parties. You know, I don't want my, my children to miss birthday parties. Mm -hmm. And, and, and so when this full-time position came up, it, it was just kind of perfect timing because then I realized that, okay, I can still do the real estate and just restructure that in a way that it kind of supplements this full-time position. And while I do, you know, work a lot in academia, we work, you know, there's, there's a lot to do. Um, it's, it's, it's more conducive to family life. So, you know, even if I do have to work on the weekends, my family is with me, you know, I don't have to have a sitter come, I can work around them, I can go to games, I can take them to their activities, parties and things like that. And so it just what it does is it just creates a, a much calmer space for us all to live in. And we all feel like, you know, we're being successful in the things that you know, that we want to be involved in. How old were your kids when you switched to the teaching full time? So my oldest was 10 and my youngest was uh, seven. 
And did you have any conversations with them when that happened? Like, you know, my my work situation is changing now and we have to kind of figure out how routines and things get done around the house or was it more or less seamless from their perspective? No, you know, that's that's a great question too, because I'm a very open person. You know, I think communication and um, getting other perspectives is extremely important, uh, even from young children. You know, I'm not a, they should be seen and not heard kind of person. Mm -hmm. And so they were very much a part of my real estate lifestyle. You know, they would help me stuff envelopes or, you know, uh, make copies and scan things. And so, you know, they they were very uh, helpful. And you know, with that business, uh, they were very much a part. I would take them to the office. They would, you know, my oldest son liked to make coffee for me and, you know, and so it was, it was a lifestyle for all of us. And so Mm -hmm. when I told them I was making that change, I had to explain to them, you know, why I, I thought that this change would benefit all of us. And they were able to understand that because they did understand that, you know, mom couldn't be at certain things or they couldn't do certain things that they wanted to do because of my job. And so I just talked to them and I said, you know, I am going to need, you know, you to, um, you know, work with me on this and and express to me how you feel, you know, what are some of the pros and, well, I didn't say pros and cons, but, you know, you know, mm-hmm. what makes you feel good about this decision? What are some of your concerns about this decision? And then let's talk about it. And we did. And they're very supportive. You know, I love how you brought your kids into your work environment. We talk sometimes about bringing your kids into the relaunch process. So they're, they're alongside you as you're moving forward, whether there are setbacks or whether there's things to celebrate. And even after you relaunch, you're, you're showing an example of you know, you, you had your kids do what they could do, what was appropriate for them making coffee or stuffing envelopes, but they were involved in your work. And I think that that is such a smart thing to do to the extent that you can do it. I know not all jobs allow for that, but was was that something that just kind of happened? Or did you think if I bring them along and have them be more actively engaged, they'll understand better, they'll be more invested. Like, like, what was your thought process there? That's exactly, exact. you hit it right on the head, Carol. It was because of the, the nature of that industry um, where you're just constantly, you know, on the go, it was just my way of making them feel like they're connected to me and they wouldn't feel so distant, especially because, you know, especially on the weekends, they would spend a lot of time with the sitter. And so, you know, I, I, I'd have to be honest and say there's that guilt, you know, I'd have that guilt where, you know, I had to go back to the workforce and I couldn't be home with them any longer. And it was such a big change for them. And so how can I make them feel more comfortable um, and not feel so kind of disjointed, right? And Mm -hmm. not connected to what's going on. And Mm -hmm. so that was something that was really important to me, which is one of the main reasons, not just commute, but one of the main reasons why I didn't think at that time, me taking a job that would have a commute of 50 minutes from home and not really being, you know, able to be there a little bit more with them, or at least, you know, physically close to them is really what got me into the thinking about real estate as something that would work during that period or that season in my life. Mm -hmm. And now that you're working at Widener, do they know what it means when you go to work? Have you brought them to the university? Are they familiar with the environment or, or how did you manage that transition with them? 
I, yeah, I don't take them a, as much, but I have, especially if I'm teaching in the summer. It's it's much more casual and, and laid back. Um, you know, I've had to do some evening things where, um, believe it or not, I would go from the university and I would go for about, you know, 40 minutes, pick them up from daycare and then have to take them back for an evening event because, you know, for whatever reason, I just had to do that. But that's kind of few and far between. You know, that's really interesting too, because it, it also gets them ready for higher education, right? So they're getting mm-hmm. to see what their future can be and they understand the importance of continuing education. And so, you know, they've been to to the university, they've met my uh, most of my colleagues, um, and they like to see the older kids. You know, it, it's exciting, especially for my oldest, who is just a few years away from going to college himself. So he kind of gets to see his future. Mm-hmm. Sam, can you talk about your thoughts on financial independence and how that evolved for you post divorce? Very good question, Carol. Um, That was uh, definitely a a big challenge uh, for me coming back um, as a working professional. I had had a relatively successful career um, prior to staying home. um, And and then, you know, obviously that switched when I was home where I was, you know, dependent, you know, to a certain extent, especially financially. And then post-divorce, you know, it took a couple of years to really feel like I was, you know, kind of gaining a lot that I had lost mm-hmm. by staying home. And there were some emotional uh, times there. You know, it was it was trying because I knew that I had to be very careful with the approach I took to coming back into the workforce because I have to take care of my children. I just had to be very mindful that this was not going to be an easy journey. And so it didn't happen overnight where I just bounced back and, you know, I felt like, oh, okay, I'm back and and I'm making all this money. That didn't happen for me at first. Mm-hmm. I had to build that. It took some time. And then I would say probably after about four, four years or so, I, I just felt like I, you know, I was stable again and, mm-hmm. you know, and, I, and I'm fine now, but, you know, that was very hard. And there were some emotional trials I went through early on. Not a very easy process at all. Mm-hmm. Thank you for talking to us about that piece of it in a very frank way. I, I you know, we have relaunchers in our community who are making their way back after a divorce or death or disability of a spouse or partner. And it's a tough process. And the idea that, you know, you're illustrating the progression and how long it took and and how you're feeling along the way is really helpful to people who are in the middle of that or at the beginning. So thank you. Sam, I want to switch back to uh, talking about an award that you won for teaching. And I know I'm forcing you to brag a little (laughs) bit here, but I want to know if you can tell our audience about your teaching award and when it was awarded to you and what it was for. Okay, Carol, and I, I, I'm not someone who always feels comfortable in the limelight when it comes to uh, awards and such. So, you know, I was I was really very humble by the award that I received, which was last year um, in my first year of teaching full time, receiving something called the Undergraduate Teaching Award, um, which was given to me, and um, you know, for meeting certain standards of of quality teaching in the classroom and creating 
um, high, what they call high impact practices for the students involving experiential learning and group work and, you know, taking them on field trips and, and just trying to really engage the students. And, and then also, the, a big factor in this is is the student feedback because at the end of the semester the the students always provide evaluations of uh, their experience in the classroom, and so my colleagues voted for me to receive that award and I was really shocked and you know I, and I have to say again not someone who really has to you know getting awards is not something that satisfies me but you know I approach teaching the way I approach working with my clients I look at my students just as I would any of the clients I've worked with in the past mm-hmm. you know I want them to come to the classroom with the highest quality experience and walk away you know being able to apply the material and understanding what options they have you know once they leave my classroom and so, yeah, so I received that award last spring. Um, and I just, you know, in a way, as I said, it just kind of made me feel like, you know, I was achieving some some additional success, you know, as a relauncher because, you know, I hadn't had that in a long time. Mm-hmm. A couple of things are jumping out at me. First, I love this concept of student of the students as clients and mm-hmm. thinking about it that way. And, and you're trying to produce the best experience for them. I, I, that's, that's very instructive in terms of how to approach teaching or any kind of an educational experience from the standpoint of the teacher or the professor. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I wanted to comment on that I love about the award is that it's this unsolicited independent validation of excellence that, you know, maybe your friends or your family would say, oh, I'm sure you do such a great job because they know you and they, of course, know you're putting in 100% and and that you would um, think about your teaching as uh, with, the, with the students as clients, as you said. Mm-hmm. Um, but to have that kind of recognition from outside that inner circle in, in this context, I think is a real validation. And I hear what you're saying when you say, you said it was like a symbol of success uh, mm-hmm. of your relaunch itself. Mm-hmm. I love it. So we need to wrap up now, Sam. And I want to do that by asking you the question that we ask all of our podcast guests. And that is, what is your best piece of advice for our relauncher audience, even if it's something we've already talked about today? Oh, yeah. I I think fearlessness is is just so important. And and I think we can define that in a lot of different ways, but I would just encourage relaunchers to just take a step, even if it's a small step, even if it's one step. You know, when I when I went to your conference in New York approximately eight years ago, uh, instead of shaking in my boots, I was shaking in my heels, getting on that train, uh, you know, that Amtrak train going to NYU to attend your conference, and I didn't know what to expect. And and so, you know, it's just kind of taking that first step, talking to one person, and then you know, you take one step, and then you take two steps, and sometimes you only can get to the third step, and you and you kind of tiptoe and then and then before you know it you're sprinting right and so it's just trying to be fearless in your approach and just you know getting started somewhere cuz after so many no's eventually you're going to get a yes eventually a door is going to open and if it if it's not the right opportunity you're going to make a connection somewhere else so it's just trying to have the confidence to to take that first step and not be afraid of what's coming I love that advice. And I have to say, uh, if anyone is exhibiting fearlessness and illustrating it 
for us, it's you. So Sam, thank you so much for your example, for everything that we've talked about today. And thanks for joining us. Thank you very much, Carol. It was really a pleasure. Thank you. And thanks for listening to 321 I Relaunch, the podcast where we discuss strategies, advice, and success stories about returning to work after a career break. I'm Carol Fishman Cohen, the chair and co founder of I Relaunch, and your host. For more information on I Relaunch conferences and events, to sign up for our job board and access our return to work tools and resources, go to irelaunch.com. And if you like this podcast, be sure to rate it on Apple Podcasts and your favorite podcast platform. And be sure to share this podcast with a friend on Facebook, Instagram, and other social media. Thanks for joining us. 